I actually try not to think about that because as soon as you follow it through to its logical conclusion, it takes you to some very dark places, places no human mind should go. You're listening to On The Terrace. This is the companion to Night Terrace, the time travel comedy for your ears, giving you a few little behind-the-scenes tidbits on how it was all put together. I'm Vaya. Today, we are discussing episode two of Night Terrace, Starship Australis, along with the writer of the episode, Lee Zachariah. Hello. Hello. And one of the co-creators of the series, and Sue Petra Elliott. Or am I? Oh, no, I don't have to do that now, do I? <laughs> I'd like you to. Oh, okay. I can do that. Episode two, we're away. Mm. Hijinks have begun. Why are we back in Australia, Lee? How did we get back here? Well, you know, it's a, fun, it's a fun twist. You think they're heading off and uh, immediately we're led to believe that they're back home. I, I think it's a nice sort of uh, flip of, of audience expectations. Yes, and so Starship Australis, mm. Anastasia and Eddie find themselves in essentially Australia. It's been rebuilt within a spaceship, a, a starship. They've somehow loaded most of it onto a starship yes. and sent it off. Yeah. Just except for the useless parts. Except for the useless parts. I have to say, this really is an amazing feat. Rebuilding Australia inside a single spaceship. No, it wasn't that hard. Once we left out all the uninhabitable deserts, arid landscapes and, well, Tasmania, it all fit pretty neatly under one ship. Have you had complaints from Tasmanians? I don't think they've learnt to write yet. Yeah, and also not having the internet helps. Yeah. Yeah. You will be receiving more. No, we love Tasmania. I mean, to be fair, it's the one part of Australia I haven't been to, but I do want to go. See, I, I love it. I actually go. I, I've been dozens of times. I, I love it. But it's just such an Australian thing that, of course, they would forget Australia, uh, Tasmania. It's just so mm. Australian, really. Except I feel like these days, I think Queensland is pulling ahead in the let's get rid of a state and it's going to be Queensland. True. Yeah. Stakes. As a Queenslander, <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> hi, hi, family. <laughs> now, how did you decide that you would be writing this one, Lee? How did you allocate? How did everybody allocate who would take I, which episode? Look, my memory of this might be a little hazy, but it was 2014 and I'd just been given the Order of Australia for handsomeness. No, um, from memory, we sort of had a sketch out of a basic idea of what each episode would be and where it would fall within... Uh, within the series and I, I believe we sat around in a table and just sort of assigned episodes and, uh, I, yeah, I landed on this one. We did actually have a really interesting list of first episodes. Like it went from a, this is the historical episode, this is the future episode, this is the uh, Australian Indigenous historical episode and all that sort of thing. Um, and with that, the episode titles changed each time. But I'm pretty sure that this episode was always called Starship Australis or Starship Oz or it something like Starship that. It was Starship Oz or Starship Australia. I remember I was... I was trying to put a, a little thing on it. I thought, oh, Astralis, that sounds spaceshipy. Yeah, that's cool. That's, uh, yeah. yeah, originally in the very, very first episode list, it was 100 Years Future Technology Starship Australia. So you took that brief and you ran with it. Oh, I ran so <laughs> far away with it and then had to come back and return it. I've got to ask you, Petra, this, this series is a Splendid Chaps production. So Splendid Chaps, that was a podcast about... Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Yes. How did you wind up being the gal among the chaps? 
So I was originally only supposed to do one episode as the companion slash co-host announcer. Um, I think I did an okay job because they asked me to come back. Um, It was kind of scary at first because I was not a classic who kind of gal. You know, I would be given the script and talk about stuff and I'd be given these amazing jokes to say and it made me look amazing. But by the end of it, I was just like inserting my own jokes in because we got up to my era of who and I kind of found my feet. I'm Mori and this is Bouncer. I've got a question for you there. Yes, Petra. So you're a big Neighbours fan. Well, yes. So there is a lot of Neighbours references in this episode. This was a treat. Yeah. Straight out of the gate, we have Bouncer. Yes. That just really (laughs) straight in there. Yep, absolutely. Got us. It got us. I I, I knew you'd like that. I was there. Uh, She's a girl now and I'm very, I'm great (laughs) with that. Fantastic. She's been updated. I'm the modern great. era. Great. Yeah. Uh, first the Ghostbusters. She's gender. <laughs> You've ruined my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> my childhood was based around Bouncer, who I want to say is a dog. Any? Yep, they're nodding. Um, <laughs> and I just can't handle you. Uh, a female Bouncer. I'm actually holding back because in a perfect world, mm-hmm. it, I would just be talking about Susan Kennedy for four hours. Oh, I'm so, down. But what was it like being in an episode with Jackie Woodburn? I, I remember being a little... I don't know if it was starstruck per se, but it was a joy just being in her presence. Because oh. I'd sort of, I remember when she came to Ramsey Street, I used to watch um, Neighbours with my nana and it was a very, you know, a very special time for us. It was <laughs> our time. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm Neighbours adjacent now, but I still remember a big part of her storyline there. Yeah, so getting to see her do her craft with Anastasia was a real treat. She took Anastasia in this genre that is, you know, I would say she's sci-fi adjacent as well. And she just came in and she she got the script and she just ran with it. Like I was looking back through emails about casting her and, and you know, the first read-through that we had with her, she just got the character. And we were so pleased that not only was she our first choice, but she said yes. It was fun to, in that first read-through, because she was actually at drama school with my father. My father appears a little later in the series, and uh, they hadn't seen each other in years and years and years. So we're sitting at the read-through, I'm like, at some point I should probably bring this up and mention it to her. And we stop, and she's looking at the front of the script, and she goes, I I have to ask, you're not related to her? I said, yes, yes, he's he's my father. So she was, and, you know, she hadn't seen him, I think, since drama school. So it it was sort of a reunion between people who had never met but had this sort of shared history. Oh, that's precious. And it is just a rare treat to have her step away from Ramsey Street for a minute. And I love the line in the episode where uh, Murray says... That's called Ramsey Street, one of our most important cultural landmarks. Would you like to see it? Absolutely not. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Can I... uh, I I do have to make a confession um, that... uh, uh, when, when John was saying, you know, let, let's put a lot of, uh, of Neighbours references into this episode, I was great. we can absolutely do that. What, what are some? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so he wrote down a bunch and then I put them in and then he said, that's too many. <laughs> and I didn't realise I was supposed to pick and choose from them. I just put them all in basically, you know, start to finish. Yeah, I reckon 90% made them into the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So we find out that the reason Australia packed itself up and fled to outer space, Mm. that there was a cataclysm, a word that I didn't know I didn't know how to spell. Turns out I don't know how to spell it. It, That was deliberate, by the way. (laughs) People were meant to look at that and go, oh, I better not ask about that. That sounds important. Uh, And then we didn't have to explain it. Great. (laughs) 
we basically learn along this journey that the Starship Australis is living the existence of Australia's own genesis, that a ship of convicts came to colonise an already inhabited country and it starts to play out again with Australis wanting to colonise Borealia. Yeah. And this is an issue that is not is still very... It feels current, I think. Yeah, it's still... It's still... Let me stop you there. Yeah. There's no social commentary intended whatsoever. <laughs> I hate being political. No subtext is my rule. So whatever you're reading into it, into this uh, thing of Australia... Is your own turned, guilt. Yeah. Australia coming by ship to a new place, hoping to, uh, to live there and being turned away by the locals. There's absolutely nothing to be read into Zero that. subtext. Yep. So Good. I have nothing to say on that. Then, okay, can you then explain <laughs> to me what a Fabergé loaf is? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Fabergé eggs. The yes. Bit, yeah, super expensive. Well, I, I thought... Australian thieves are classier. <laughs> yeah, I thought you can't have eggs without toast. So <laughs> what would... What would you have a Fabergé egg on? And, uh, yeah. And that's what we find out the character of Murray has stolen and that's how he's on this ship. Murray, played by Francis Greenslade... Mm. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing because now I just pictured him recording it. It was hilarious. Uh, in what way? He's very tall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we were recording in this giant room um, at a studio and was we had this massive sort of semicircle of microphones where we could all see each other and play and then still see the booth and everything. And even though it's audio, like the actors kind of get a little bit physical with what they're what they're saying so but you've still got to keep your mouth close to the microphone because it it's kind of like you're this weird marionette puppet in a way you're just kind of moving your body but trying not to move your mouth yeah Yeah, yeah, (laughs) they he he and Jackie had an amazing chemistry it's just that moment where you where you I realized like she's been on Neighbours for 20 years 25 years Mm. he's been on comedy shows mm. for the same amount of time, sketch comedy shows, um, Mad as Hell. Mm. And hell sudden, frontal, yeah. suddenly hearing them together was yeah. just so exciting. Um, and then he was a bad guy and I didn't see that coming. So excellent, that's excellent. Well, on me. I, I, have to, I have to admit, because um, I was running late from something else, and so I didn't actually get to hear the episode get recorded until, like, I was, like, hoping I'd just catch the end of it. And I walked into the studio and I remember walking into the control room and it was... All the regulars plus Francis plus uh, Chris Taylor from The Chase, uh, they're all there. And so I knew it was my episode that yes. they were recording, but they were all singing Click Go the she- <gasps> Cheers. And I walked in, I was just kind of looking around and going, what the hell is going on? Eventually, I got clued into what was happening and it made perfect sense because you write everyone singing in the background. You don't really think that they need to record that. I was like, yeah, it was a very, very odd experience. Click Go This Year's, was that available? It's, <laughs> it's what we like to, it's what we refer to in the biz as copyright free. Is it really? Yeah, amazingly, I assume it is. Yeah, we, on the day we actually were Googling when we realised we needed to sing something. Oh God, what can we sing? Kookaburra sits in the old gum trees. Obviously out. Oh yeah, that's, um, that's had some issues. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, so yeah, we came up with Click Go the Shears and we all got to, you know, channel our inner bogan and and uh, and sing it at the top of our voice. Yep. It's a great one for your playlist, Click Go the Shears. Chris Taylor from The Chaser, I've never heard him sound so 
blokey. <laughs> is he blokey like that? Uh, he, he was putting on a little bit. <laughs> he was he was uh, he was upping the the blokey quotient. Yeah, uh, yeah. His little get your hand off it. <laughs> Captain thing, his little response to it still makes me just Yeah, that was way creepier than I intended creepy. when I wrote that. <laughs> it's um, meant to be a bit, a bit, yeah, more amiable than it turned out to be. Less, uh, it's less so Australian. Yeah. That was, I think, creepy enough. I think that was perfectly creepy. He plays the captain of the starship mm-hmm. and I think we should probably stop down for a moment and okay. step our Brits through, our UK friends, mm. through some of the lingo, the captain... Okay. Drops yep. in, ah. including just the term "huru." Huru. Ah, is that isn't that a, a widely known? I don't know. Is um, I mean, I think maybe sixties and seventies and eighties. Yeah, it's just a classic. Aussie. Yeah. Hello. Greeting. Does it stand in? No, isn't it goodbye? Uh-roo. Uh-roo. See you later. Oh, maybe it's like uh, like shalom it. or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or or uh, aloha in, in Greek yasu, hello yeah. or goodbye or yeah. excuse you or excuse me. So it's all purpose. Huru, an Australian icon, music journalist Molly Meldrum. His classic sign-off was Huru from the Guru. That's oh wow. I'd actually forgotten about that. Maybe that's where I was taking it from. Get a dog up you. Uh, get a dog up ya. Yep. <laughs> I think it's the computer actually saying it, isn't it? On the yes. tannoy. So it's, it's, it's proper English. It's a very formal greeting. If you ever come to Australia and you need to address, say, a customs official, um, the traditional <laughs> way to do that is to say, get a dog up you. It'll, it'll, I promise everything will go smoothly. <laughs> uh, they'll wave you straight through. Yep. Uh, they'll recognise you as one of our own. Just trying to figure out who the first person would have been to coin, to just come to that expression. I, tr- I actually try not to think about that because <laughs> as soon as you follow it through to its logical conclusion, it takes you to some very dark places, places no human mind should go. Was it a vet? I don't know. No. Like, Hopefully. That's better than uh, some of the alternatives. Petra, do you want to t- step us through the Harold Holt cooling tanks? <laughs> <laughs> we poor old I Harold Holt. That. For those who don't know, Harold Holt was a Prime Minister of Australia who went for a swim and was never found again. So um, we... It's a che- cool story. It's a really, it's like yeah. the coolest Prime Minister story, we, one of the coolest ones we have. Yeah, I mean... I love telling to- that story to Americans who can't believe no. we just let our leader go in the ocean. It's great. Yeah. So, you know, the reference to a, a body of water mm. being named after said Prime Minister who disappeared in a body of water, um, you know, we're just being a bit cheeky as we... As we but, do. But also realistic because I used to live around the corner from the Harold Holt swimming pool. <laughs> we keep naming swimming pools after him. Stop it's, it. It's, it's, it's not okay. No. It's not. It's like... It's kind of okay. Oh, and no NBN, which... This is a joke oh, yeah. you guys made five years ago. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the NBN is the National Broadband Network. It's the future of the internet. It's basically really going to connect Literally, the future. Australia. Yeah, it's the future because it's five years later and we still don't have one. Yeah, they were going to roll this out when? Um, I don't know, back in the early 18th century, I yeah. think. Mm. Uh, yeah, we're still kind of waiting on it. It's still a national joke, which is great for me because it means the joke still works. Mm. Uh, maybe not to people in the UK. It is sad how... You know, an episode that is, as you say, not at all political is still very relevant today. Mm. It's evergreen, this episode, <laughs> I found. It really is. Okay, Petra. Yeah. What's going on with Sue? What's Sue's deal? Is you she, know. Is she a lady? Is she a being? She's whatever you want her to be. Sue is not necessarily revealing her true identity, especially this early in the season, okay. and uh, which made it incredibly hard to play. 
as well because I didn't necessarily have the backstory of who she was either. And I haven't skipped ahead, so I'm deliberately no, letting it all unfold. And I'm not going to give you any spoilers at okay. all. But she is, uh, she is a constant presence in the adventure of Anastasia and Eddie, but they don't necessarily recognise her straight away. And maybe in an audio series it's not as evident straight away because she doesn't look the same. Yes. She, but she... It's a, it, which is a great twist for an audio medium. It's great. It's, uh, it works wonders. <laughs> I, I struggled with it only because I knew Petra already mm. as a mate. So yep. I just always pictured Petra, which is fine. Why wouldn't you? I mean, but look you, at this. But you do have different looks every now and then. Today you've got a lovely hat. And I do. <laughs> oh, that's Petra. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. I'm not a puppet. Gotcha. <laughs> but did you know that I played another character in the episode? I knew you were additional voices, but I didn't mm. quite narrow down which additional voices. I wrote, that, voice I wrote you were. that character for you. Additional voices. <laughs> additional voices. It's the I part that. I was born to play. Which, who was it? The Borealian Commander. And this is where the magic of David Ashton comes in because he made me sound completely different. That was exceptionally sneaky. Because there are some additional voices in the series that I do that sound like me, and there are others that I do that don't. Okay, Petra. Can you please do Get a Dog Up Ya as Sue? Oh, you are throwing me a curveball. I haven't played Sue in four years. <laughs> or oh, have I? Um, there it is. That, that was yeah, it. She's in that there. She's there. She's still there. It was weird because I think I kind of approached Sue as a voice and a concept before I actually thought about what her character would be. Oh, yeah. And I think we can talk about more when we start, you know, looking at the episodes in mm. another time. Um but, yeah, it was kind of she needed to sound a certain way and then when she started getting more dialogue, that became really tricky I actually to justify. I actually do wonder if the audience just Google images performers' names with, a, with an audio All right, um, yeah, story or do they just go with their own imagination? Do people trust mm. their own imagination when Google's right there in this day and age? Interesting, yeah. We did release that. the cast with, you know, the guest cast. Well, they with were their in prison images. for a while and eventually <laughs> we <laughs> had to well, release them. With Petra, your face is on all the marketing, so yeah. Yeah. you're right there. Yeah, it is. I still remember, like, I, I actually YouTubed makeup and hair tutorials to give myself a different look. Because I wanted Such Sue to be completely to different. Do. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think, I don't think I had red eyelashes, but I definitely had this whole red eye makeup look on and I was like trying to do my hair in this weird bouffant thing and it was really hard. I'm just not that person. It looks great. The red beard was fantastic. The red beard was great, yeah. (laughs) You were the one on the left. And I actually, the dress, the dress of Sue, (laughs) the dress of Sue was actually a dress that I got for a Splendid Chaps episode because we do this thing called half ass cosplay where we would dress in a way that kind of suited the episodes of, of that we were talking about at the time. And I found this red dress in an op shop thinking, I don't know, maybe it makes me look like an alien in an episode of Doctor Who I've never seen. And I think, I, I think John and I, yeah, that's right. John came around to my house and we raided our wardrobe. It was like Queer Eye for the Sue. And <laughs> we tried to figure out what Sue would look like. And I think that's the outfit we settled on, this kind of not quite steampunk but weird look for her. Well, Sue in this episode swindled me again because I was suckered in by Mori and I was suckered in by Sue. I thought she was guilty 
Was uh, it the schematics on the, yeah, the, schematics the bathroom, not bedroom wall? wall. And she's mm. currently in the Big Pineapple. Is this correct? Yes. Did I get that right? I believe so. This is the Hall of Monuments in the Starship that uh, puts all of Australia's uh, yeah. big things out on display. That is something we should explain, isn't it? It's such you, an Aussie thing. It really is. We have this tradition of incredibly kitsch, massive representations of ordinary things. A lot of fruit. There's a big pineapple, a mm. big banana. I think there's a big apple somewhere, although I don't think I've seen it. There's, But there's also there's a big, big prawn. Shrimp. Yeah, big, sorry, have, big prawn. Have you been to any of these? I've been to the big prawn twice now mm-hmm. in my lifetime. The big pineapple is fun. Yeah, the, and yep. the big merino. That actually That's got right. moved. And there's a big earthworm too. So anyway, it's a very Australian thing to take a very mundane object and pay tribute to it by just making it big. And, uh, and so that was our Hall of Monuments. Which is kind of Australia itself. It's like a little country, but yeah, big. exactly. Trying to be big. Exactly. The real Australia is somewhere much smaller, tucked yeah. away. It's New Zealand, basically, yeah. is what I'm saying. And props to your big cultural cringe, which is, yeah, it's the, it's the big thing that we all feel at all times. Exactly. Exactly. Can you help me get through the kind of denouement, the how is it all resolved with getting back to, uh, the ship eventually gets towed back to yeah. where it, it went back to where it came from? If you so will, I, I was I was going from this uh, off this old law, which I won't go into the details of it. But basically, if um, from memory, I could be getting this wrong, but from memory, there is a law where by which if you set foot on Australian land, they we we must accept you. Uh, that's a very very simplistic explanation of it. It doesn't really apply anymore because we did this thing where Australia no longer counts as Australia. It's a, I really, if we had another hour, I'd explain it all in... And whose law was this, the government had put it's, this it's forward? An, yeah, it, it, it's, an, it's an Australian law and I was... Um, and I'd actually been writing a story about refugees trying to get to Australia, which is how I knew about it. And so I thought, well, if this applies to the planet and all this ship has to do is basically set foot or set ship on this planet, um, all they need to do is sneak past the, the Borealians long enough. And the way they do that is uh, when they're instructed to disable the engine, they instead transport the big engine from the Hall of Monuments. So at some point in our history, we've made a, a tribute to an engine, <laughs> popped it into space, fool the Borealians, and then zoom right past them and, and you know, set foot on, on their planet. Was it a Kingswood engine? I think it was. It was. A Holden Commodore was the reference. Close enough. Do you want to explain that too? It's a car. I do adore the way that Anastasia just jumped behind the wheel. I can, mm. I can drive this spaceship, no worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that moment where she says, grab a hold of something very tightly, <laughs> not yes. that. Yep. Um, I was delighted by how much I enjoyed that. There are a few options for what he grabs, though. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's I like that mind. we've not explained it and it's up to the listener to decide their own level of dirty. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. It's important. Yeah. And so, what's look? What's Murray's end game? Basically, Murray doesn't want to share the planet with its original inhabitants. Uh, which, again, no subtext there whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's he's just being very, very selfish about it. And one thing I just don't understand is that how Eddie can end this episode in any way hopeful for the future, which he is. The thing you got to remember is nothing is accurate on the internet. So maybe the internet is wrong. Maybe Eddie is taking solace in the fact that the internet is wrong. Or, of course, he just doesn't find out because it happens after he left. Uh, So he doesn't hear the results. Fake news. Fake news. Or is it? Yeah, got me so on. So while we prepare for the next destination in the forthcoming episode, is there some supplementary material we could recommend to the audience? I would 
just Google Australia and whatever comes up, that'll relate somehow to the episode. Uh, look, Google act- a word. Yeah. <laughs> No, I would honestly, uh, if you're in the UK and you want to see some good comedy, uh, Google the names of the two guest stars, Francis Greenslade, Chris Taylor. Just watch whatever comes up. They've both been in such amazing and very different types of sketches that, uh, yeah, you'll see some some good material. Petra? I can't listen to this episode without thinking about a Doctor Who episode, which I'm sure we would be accused of copying. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> the Green Death, perchance? Maybe. <laughs> this is postmodernism. This is intertextuality. Like We leaned into it. We, we did. Uh, we could have run away from it and instead we just leaned right into it. Which Doctor Who episode was it? It's uh, The Beast Below with the fantastic Amy and Eleven, I believe. It's one of uh, his first episodes. but It's, it's very second. So he's the second. First after, the first after his first. Oh, okay, because so she's like, still like in a 90. She's still in a 90. And I would like to recommend uh, Neighbours versus Time Travel is a series of webisodes mm. that the Neighbours online team put out one Halloween. One year they did a zombies episode. This time it was Time Travel. Uh, a narrative about time travel. Hmm, that yeah. sounds interesting. And if you want to talk about references, there it was full of them. It's yeah, it's jam packed full of sci-fi references on YouTube. You can find right. that. Right. Okay. And one recommendation for what not to Google: Bouncer's Dream. Don't Google that. Oh don't. no, I've seen no, Google. It's just best not that. to revisit okay. that. Gotcha. Mm. Thank you, Lee Zachariah. Thank you. Thank you, Petra Elliott. My pleasure. I'm Vaya Pashos. You can catch me on Neighbours, the Neighbours Recap Podcast at neighbourspod.com and you can find this podcast on the terrace and the show itself, Night Terrace, at nightterrace.com. This episode was recorded at the Stove Monkey Cafe in South Melbourne and we'll catch you next episode for another cup of tea on the terrace.